Welcome to the No Pressure Podcast with Ehab, where we elevate the education importance and prevention of pressure injuries. Because when prevention meets progress, patients and healthcare workers are protected. On this episode of the Ehab Podcast, we sit down with Carmen Davis and Terry Beeson to discuss the outcomes of a collaborative project focused on the use of a static air overlay to manually prone patients in an intensive care unit. Carmen Davis is a certified clinical nurse specialist with 20 years experience in the critical and progressive care areas with the IU Health University Hospital. Terry Beeson is a certified critical care clinical nurse specialist with 40 years experience in critical and progressive care areas with the IU Health University Hospital. And our host, Christy Sprinkle, Associate Director of Clinical Affairs with EHOB. Will you kindly share a little bit about your nursing background? Yes, I'd be glad to share a little bit about uh, my nursing background. Again, my name is Carmen Davis. I'm a clinical nurse specialist, and I have been a registered nurse for, I believe, going on 22 years. And most recently, the last uh, near 15 years, have been as a, a clinical nurse specialist. And currently, uh, my clinical environment, I, I serve as the clinical nurse specialist for medical intensive as well as progressive care units at an uh, academic uh, hospital. Good afternoon, I'm Terry Beeson. I'm a clinical nurse specialist also in the surgical intensive care and the surgical progressive care in an academic health center. I've been a nurse for over 40 years and a clinical nurse specialist for nine years. For the last two years, and long before the novel coronavirus, you were both part of an IU Health collaborative project in which you developed an innovative solution to help prone patients with acute respiratory distress syndrome by using a static air overlay mattress. What were the factors or circumstances that led to this collaborative project? Thank you for that question. What really led us to this particular project was the, the ongoing surge and the experience we had when H1N1 um, kind of impacted us in our clinical settings. We needed to find a way to make sure we could prone patients appropriately. And what we encountered kind of during that surge was uh, we did not have uh, beds available in order to provide that intervention. And we needed to think outside of the box. And so we got together a group of people that worked within the clinical environment and, and even pulled on our good friend, Kurt Vetter with EHOB to really brainstorm around what are some innovations and other ways in which we could uh, provide prone positioning or put patients in prone positioning uh, pretty readily. We started, we, we had seen and heard of a recent publication, uh, Guerin is the author, for, author from New England Journal of Medicine in 2013 that talked about uh, manual prone positioning. There was some difference, uh, a new kind of approach in terms of the time in which they were in the prone position. And so we started proning people um, with just the use of a sheet, a draw sheet as these researchers did in this particular project and other uh, clinicians around the city were starting to do this as well. But what we found was that some of our patients were developing pressure injuries. And so we wanted to, again, kind of go back to the drawing board to figure out if there was a way that we could reduce uh, this particular complication. 
And so that led us to, essentially to the use of using the static air overlay mattress. Terry, do you have anything to add to that? So there was several of us that gathered together um, one of the days and we put Kurt actually on a waffle mattress and we decided that there had to be some way that we could prone these patients in a waffle and continue to have them be on a waffle once we proned them and actually flipped them over. So we gathered around and we played for a little bit and we came up with a very creative, innovative way to sandwich a patient between two waffles, flip them safely in the prone position and then flip them back if needed to be into the supine position. Is that the protocol you use today for proning? It is. So we actually, um, through this whole process, we have developed protocol guidelines, um, very specific, um, you know, this is how you do the proning method. Um, we teach our folks, um, our educators are involved. Everybody goes through that process of learning and then it's kind of teach the teacher. So all of the staff members that are involved in proning patients have actually been trained in our method. Will you describe the project and the outcomes of the project? Yes, I'd be glad to describe a little bit more detail about the project and some of our outcomes. So as we mentioned earlier, again, we, we came up with a, a kind of an innovative way to actually prone patients. We know that proning in and of itself is not new. Uh, proning has been around and prone positioning for uh, decades. But again, just being able to come up with an innovative way to hopefully help reduce uh, some of the complications that can occur with prone positioning um, helped us to come up with our current process. That includes, again, sandwiching the patient uh, between the static air overlay mattress, and then therefore that allows them to be on top of the overlay air mattress the entire duration in which the patient is in prone position. You're able to uh, reposition that patient side to side uh, during what is now, uh, you know, much more prolonged periods of time. Uh, evidence you're seeing of protocols 10 to 12, up to 16 plus hours. Um, so patients are in this position for much longer periods of time than they were years prior. And so that overlay air mattress allows that pressure uh, reduction redistribution uh, during that time period. In terms of our outcomes, we have done a couple of poster presentations that have been accepted. And again, let me kind of put this out there with a caveat. We've done a small, essentially uh, pilot study, if you will, just looking at some of the feasibility and making sure that nurses were confident in the way in which we had set up the guideline and that their attitudes about this particular method uh, felt that it was safe, easy to do, et cetera. And so that was one of the uh, main or primary outcomes, just making sure it was safe, that we could sustain uh, this particular method moving forward, as well as making sure, uh, again, anecdotally, we saw a reduction in pressure injuries. And even in looking back uh, retrospectively now, we're not um, experiencing a high rate of pressure injuries in those patients. Yeah, so I think one of the other things that we found was really important was the family connection to the patients. So when you think about these patients being engulfed into a chamber type bed surface, 
the family members can't really connect with their patient or their family member. Family members being able to see their faces, being able to touch them is so important in the critical care area. The other thing that we found is they don't get the facial swelling that they seem to get when they're actually in the rotoprone. How are you handling additional challenges that come with prone positioning, such as repositioning and uh, facial protection from tubing? So we actually haven't had problems with that. Um, repositioning the patient is super easy with, with the waffle surface, putting wedges underneath of um, the patients or pillows underneath the patients, underneath the waffle to turn the patient, making sure that pressure redistribution um, underneath the patient when we are manually proning these patients, we have not had any problems with facial injuries to these patients because when you're turning your patient appropriately, minimum every two hours and sometimes more often depending on the patient, then as we're turning the patients, we're actually moving the tubes and turning the face. We're putting the patients in a swimmer's type position. So therefore there isn't any problems with any of their shoulders. Have you had the opportunity to share your project and interventions with clinicians outside your facility? Uh, thank you. Yes, we have had an opportunity to share our project uh, and interventions outside of our facility, even prior to, you know, there's kind of two time points in which to talk about this particular project. One is our initial a creation, if you will, when we had that H1N1 uh, winter, if you will, and then Obviously, this has really come to forefront now uh, over this past winter and into spring months with the coronavirus. And so while we have, as a CNS community, we are closely connected. So we have informally shared this with some of our clinical nurse specialist colleagues. But here again, as we went into COVID and the surge prior to, we have um, most definitely made sure that we've, we have shared this through some of the platforms that we have available to us um, within our organization uh, as well as outside of the community and surrounding facilities. Additionally, I can say over the past several years, we've had, you know, uh, some of the sales reps that may have been out across the country in certain areas and we've had questions that have come in from them or been able to be connected with clinicians and just share um, our ideas and guidelines for how we use the static air overlay mattress to manually prone. And so we've been grateful for the opportunity to share in a multitude of venues. And um, we're super excited and hopefully we'll be able to share. We've submitted a manuscript for publication that um, will really allow hopefully um, more formally to share this um, guideline, if you will. As a result of the novel coronavirus, have the positive outcomes of your project influenced utilization of prone positioning in your facility? Our current process for and utilization of prone positioning within our facility was, uh, I would say variable. We were already doing this manual prone positioning and using the static air overlay in some areas. However, I think again, once uh, in preparation of coronavirus, that really did take hold and kind of spread uh, across our facility this has been incorporated into some of our critical care onboarding when those individuals are ready for, you know, more advanced patients uh, hemodynamically and such, they receive 
specific education and training um, on this particular guideline and method and um, can be aware of what things they need to monitor for these particular patients. Terry, do you have any insights or uh, comment in regards to the spread of the utilization of this prone positioning method? So I think actually the spread actually happened before the coronavirus, simply because some of our facilities were interested in what we were doing here at the downtown area. And so we have shared our outcomes um, and our methods to prone patients to some of the other facilities within IU Health. We have had the opportunity to review a variety of awake prone protocols, specifically in the ED. What are your thoughts on proactively implementing the awake prone positioning to prevent the need for mechanical ventilation? I think that is the best thing to do, start proning the patient as soon as you possibly can, if the patients can tolerate it. It's easy to ask the patient just to turn over onto their belly. It changes the actual um, lung capacity for the patients when they're turning over if they can tolerate it. If it doesn't work, no loss, no, I mean, we didn't lose anything. If it doesn't work, they can turn back over. But if it does, we can continue to do that. Not only starting it in the ED, but you know the patients that are on the units, on the floors, the med surge floors, prior to getting intubated even, asking them to turn over onto their bellies to be into the prone position to see if it makes any difference in their breathing. We celebrate you, your dedication and compassion for patient care and all that you do each and every day. That being said, what do you love about your role as a nurse? So that's a really easy question about what we love as our role as a nurse. I've been a nurse for, like I said, almost or a little over 40 years. I, nursing to me, I've always wanted to be a nurse when I was a little girl and just you know, being able to care for people and take care of them, making sure that we are doing the best that we can to get these patients back into their normal life, being able to function normally or being able to just function, doing the best care that we can do as far as making sure, you know, these patients aren't getting any kind of harm events. And as a CNS, that is, you know, particularly a role that we have, making sure that the quality is you know, the high standards we're showing, we're giving the patients um, the best evidence care that can be provided to them. We're sharing that information with our bedside staff, making sure that they know what the best evidence is. I love, I love being a nurse. Well said, Terry. If, if I could, uh, that's a hard uh, comment to follow, but uh, again, I agree um, wholeheartedly, you know, most importantly, what I love about being a nurse is being able to impact patient outcomes and impact their family members and help return them to a state of wellness. And as a clinical nurse specialist, you know, really having the ability to influence and advance the practice of nursing, we're able to do that in ways, you know, mentoring and coaching the bedside staff. We can partner with industry to, to make sure that we're providing the best products, tools, and things that can, again, improve our patient outcomes and building relationships, not only with our patients and family members, but really enjoy 
building relationships with our interdisciplinary team members. Uh, Terry and I have worked together for many years and again, our interdisciplinary teams, our providers, our respiratory therapists, speech therapists, pharmacists, et cetera, uh, just being a part of that team um, and being serving as the nurse on that team that's there at the bedside with the patient 24 seven is, is great and feels uh, to be a huge honor. Thank you for listening to the No Pressure Podcast. If you have any questions about the material presented, please reach out to us on our website at ehub.com contact.